Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Habakkuk. How long, O Lord, am I to cry for help, while you will not listen, to cry oppression in your ear and you will not save? Why do you set injustice before me? Why do you look on where there is tyranny? Outrage and violence, this is all I see. All is contention and discord flourishes. Then the Lord answered and said, Write the vision down, inscribe it on tablets to be easily read, since this vision is for its own time only, eager for its own fulfillment, it does not deceive, for it comes slowly, wait, for come it will, without fail, see how he flags, he whose soul is not at rights, but the upright man will live by his faithfulness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, bring out our joy to the Lord. Hail the rock who saves us. Let us come before him, giving thanks. With songs let us hail the Lord. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come in, let us bow and bend low. Let us kneel before the God who made us. For he is our God, and we the people who belong to his pasture. The flock that is led by his hand. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Harden not your hearts as at Mirabah, as on that day at Massah in the desert, when your fathers put me to the test, when they tried me, though they saw my work. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. I am reminding you to fan into a flame the gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. God's gift was not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. So you are never to be ashamed of witnessing to the Lord or ashamed of me for being his prisoner. But with me, bear the hardships for the sake of the good news, relying on the power of God. Keep as your pattern the sound teaching you have heard from me, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. You have been trusted to look after something precious. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit, 
who lives in us. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The Word of the Lord stands forever. It is the Word given to you, the good news. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The Apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, Were your faith the size of a mustard seed? You could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Which of you with a servant ploughing or minding sheep would say to him when he returned from the fields, Come and have your meal immediately? Would he not more likely say, Get my supper laid, make yourself tidy and wait on me while I eat and drink? You can eat and drink yourself afterwards. Must he be grateful to the servant for doing what he was told? So with you. When you have done all you've been told to do, say, We are merely servants. We've done no more than our duty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the apostles say to the Lord Jesus, Increase our faith. Now, this is a prayer that has crossed the lips of saints and sinners alike. But in his typical style, Jesus doesn't answer their question directly. He says this, Were your faith the size of a mustard seed? You could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. It's a strange response. Christ goes from describing faith being the size of a mustard seed, something almost infinitesimally small and near impossible to see with the naked eye, to being able to accomplish something completely impossible. I think this response seems to indicate to us that faith isn't something that can be measured in terms of quantity. Sometimes we might be tempted to think that faith is something that we have, that we possess, uh, and that I should have more of the stuff rather than less of it. Faith isn't something that I store up in some part of my soul. Faith is an act. Faith is the act by which we entrust ourselves to God. So when the apostles ask for an increase in faith, the response that Christ gives is that faith is something that must be put into practice. It's an act, and it must be put into act. We can't simply point to having a pocket full of faith and congratulate ourselves for what we have. Faith is acting. And I think as well, we can have a tendency to think of faith in an overly intellectual sense. That to have an increased faith means to hold with firmer intellectual conviction the truths of the faith. But this isn't what the Lord seems to be referring to here. Faith is personal. It's a friendship. The loving and trusting of oneself to God. And in this sense... Faith isn't something that you can store up. 
Sure, yesterday's faith encourages me, strengthens me, and makes it easier for me to live out my relationship with God today. But I need to live out my friendship with God each and every day. I need faith today. And in this sense, again, faith isn't something that admits of quantitative measurement. Faith being the size of a mustard seed shows that it's difficult to perceive and that it kind of defies measurement. A friendship isn't something that I can simply have in storage and draw upon from time to time. A friendship is exercised, it's personal, it's lived out. The first encyclical that Pope Francis wrote uh, is called Lumen Fide. In fact, it was principally written by Pope Benedict. He left it on his desk when he uh, resigned from the papacy. Uh, and Pope Francis said, look, it's too good just to leave there. And so he kind of slapped his own name on it and acknowledged that most of it was from Benedict. But anyway, have a listen to this. This is what it says. St. John brings out the importance of a personal relationship with Jesus for our faith by using various forms of the verb to believe. In addition to believing that what Jesus tells us is true, John also speaks of believing Jesus and believing in Jesus. We believe Jesus when we accept his word, his testimony, because he is truthful. We believe in Jesus when we personally welcome him into our lives and journey towards him, clinging to him in love and following in his footsteps along the way. So faith means not simply believing in what Jesus says, but clinging, following, trusting. And it's here that the impossible opens up for us. Living in that trusting friendship with him makes the impossible possible. Were your faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. When the apostles ask Jesus to increase their faith, He gives this indirect answer. Faith increases by practicing it, by living it. Life is always in flux and faith cannot be stored up for the day when one might want to use it. Just like we can't store up physical fitness for a day when we might like to use it. Do a bit of exercise and then cash in on it six months later. No, we need to live it. The path to a stronger faith, the path to a deeper faith, is a more personal friendship with the Lord. Now, in speaking about faith as a friendship, a relationship, we also need to acknowledge that there's no point when we have enough. If faith is a friendship, then there's no point at which we can say that it's accomplished or it's finished. We cannot get to the moment when we can say, okay, I've got enough faith, I don't need to grow in faith anymore. We always need to grow in faith. Because it's a relationship with God. There's no point at which an athlete wins a prize and then determines that he or she can stay at the top no longer needing to train. The point doesn't arrive when I can finally put God between parentheses and live for myself. No, faith is a friendship. And the joy is living in this friendship, not hoping for a time when I can finally pass through it and live beyond it. Now, this same dynamic is described in the subsequent words of Jesus about service. Remember what he said. He said, Which of you with a servant, ploughing or minding sheep, would say to him when he returned from the fields, Come and have your meal immediately? 
would he not be more likely to say, get my supper laid, make yourself tidy and wait on me while I eat and drink. You can eat and drink yourself afterwards. It probes our attitude toward the service which we offer God. Are we looking for the time when we can say, my work is accomplished, I can finally start living for myself? If we think in these terms, then there's something that we've not quite understood about our relationship with God. The final phrase of the gospel says this, We are merely servants. We have done no more than our duty. Now, the technical description for the servants in the text says that they are mere servants. But they're a kind of servant that wasn't entitled to a salary. Now, whatever about the justice of having a servant that you don't pay, right? And just work with me here. Uh, But a servant who works for a salary is working for something. There's something beyond the work for which they're striving. And, you know, when the work comes to its conclusion, then I'll have what it was that I was working for. But the servant who works for no salary isn't working for something. And in the same way, you know, if we're the servants who don't need to be paid, what's the recompense? Well, it's the friendship itself. It's the mission itself. The salary for living the life of faith is the life of faith itself. The salary for serving the Lord is the service itself. Faith isn't the means to a greater end where, you know, I can finally wash my hands and say, well, my faith has served its purpose. Service isn't the means to a greater end. The point of friendship is the friendship itself. And serving is salvation. And so if we kind of walk around with a hand outstretched, waiting for some kind of recompense from God for the acts of faith and service which we accomplish, then we've quite mistaken our relationship with God. To live serving God is the gift. Joy is to go to sleep at night, having accomplished what God has entrusted us to do. And this is what it means to live a life of faith. Not to look for recompense as if my serving God were in the interest of something bigger than God himself. God doesn't become indebted to us because the mission itself is the gift. Living in friendship is the reason for living in friendship. We serve God, love God, trust God and believe in Him so that we can serve Him, love Him, trust Him and believe in Him. Thanks for praying with us and may God bless you abundantly so that this day may give glory to God the Father.